So I make this account, immediately start using Hype Fury on it because it's the obvious choice. And just follow what everyone's doing on Twitter, engaging, giving value, giving value. And then now here we are and it's blowing up, bro. I went from zero to 7,200 followers in five months. <laughs> Dude, it's insane. Hey, and welcome to another episode of Hype Fury Presents. In this episode, I talk to Daniel, the cold email wizard. You'll learn exactly how to build and send high converting cold emails. This is especially interesting for people who do high ticket offers. Daniel has also been growing his Twitter account fast and he'll share his secrets to his growth. My name is Yannick, co-founder of Hype Fury, and I hope you enjoy the show. This is for you, I guess, also a way to make money just outside of Twitter, as in, you know, you'd like to take on clients probably and do cold emails for them or not. Yeah. So what Hype Fury, I think if you want to sell a service or you want to sell a course, Hype Fury is just such a good way to do that. And the reason why is because you it drastically lowers the amount of time you spend manually doing things. So like, for instance, if you, if I were to tell you, here's how to get followers on Twitter, here is exactly what I would tell you to do. Number one, make threads, a lot of threads. And Hype Fury is the only scheduling software that lets you make threads because they understand how Twitter works. If you want to grow on Twitter, you need to make a lot of threads. And what you need to do inside of a thread is teach people how to do something. So let's say for instance, that you're selling like some kind of like Facebook advertising service. Right? So make your account centered around teaching people how to do Facebook ads. And then you're going to make a thread. Let's say uh, you ran some campaign. Like Make a thread on what happened. You ran another campaign. Make a thread on what happened. Like Say you've got some kind of snippet or insight. Like Make a thread and teach people how to do something. You know What's awesome about it is the way Twitter works is your stuff, it'll lose traction with the algorithm really fast. And Hype Fury is the only one that can schedule retweets of things it's the best thing ever cool when did you realize that threads really worked because you see a lot of people making threads so there has to be a reason to do it right so like for instance in august i made i think 13 threads and that was when things started to really pick up because someone sees a thread and it's like instant credibility like you're teaching somebody how to do something here's the specific actions you take and that's what does it like it's all about getting the respect of people like you don't need a massive amount of people like small amounts of people high respect they know that you know what you're talking about and the thread is the only real way to convey that on twitter like it's like it's like a blog post so you realized this in august and how, how many followers did you have like i started tweeting in may i was growing like a hundred followers the first month and like 400 followers the first month and then i made August, I did 13 threads and I got 2,009 followers. That's good. That's what happens when you make threads. That's that's the only way to do it, bro. Like you can't skip making the threads. And then what I like to do, so I have all these threads now. So I like to cycle between pinning different ones on my profile. And I've like, I've got this one thread about scraping email addresses now. So that's the one I like to use now. Is just I, I pin that on my profile. And then I go and I retweet my threads all the time. I have a total of like 25 now. So I'll go into Hype Fury. You just copy the link to the tweet and you paste the link to the tweet in Hype Fury and then bam, retweet, retweet all week. Like every single day, I'm going to retweet some thread I made in the past. 
That's cool, man. That's cool. That's nice to hear. It's funny. I had Lettimore. I don't know if you know him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So he helped me out a little bit. I like beginning of the year, I had like 700 followers or something. And, you know, he helped me a little bit with writing and stuff. And he said, you know, don't make threads. And his reasoning behind it was, well, when you don't have a lot of followers, then, you know, people will only see that first tweet and then they won't click on show this thread. They'll, they'll just, you know, either they engage with that single tweet or they, they just skip to the next. And I guess the funny thing is that we probably need a little bit of an audience before you can do that, but you also really need to, you know, show value. And I guess if you have those two together, then, then yeah, you could see massive growth like you did. Yeah, if you're below a thousand followers, your number one thing you need to be doing is commenting and engaging with other people and making friends with them. And like make one-off tweets. You don't really need to focus on making a lot of threads until you're above a thousand followers because then they can actually get some traction, right? And like, don't make a thread on just some random dumb thing. The value you convey in the thread has to be something that you would charge money for. It has to be that good. Like you need some kind of secret or like insane insight. So don't just make a thread just to make a thread. Like if you've got a good idea, then make it a thread, but don't really focus on it until you're above a thousand followers. When you're below a thousand, you've got to be commenting, liking, like just making friends with a lot of people. That's the only way it works. How do you come up with ideas for your threads? Because I, I have one huge thread lined up, which has, I think, about, I don't know, 40 or 50 separate tweets. You know, I, it's just it's still in my drafts in High Fury, but, uh, you know, waiting for a good time to press play. <laughs> so, how, how do you approach creating threads? Yeah. So what I like to do is let's say, for instance, that you're offering some kind of service and there's like three subcategories of what you do. So like, say you're like a Facebook ads agency, I guess. Just as an example, like there's making creatives, there's the actual targeting, and then there's like copywriting of the actual ads, right? So each of those subcategories has their own subcategories, right? So make one-off tweets about those sub-subcategories. Find out which one of those gets the highest engagement, like questions, likes, retweets, and then make threads on those sub sub categories. Oh, that's simple. It's simple. <laughs> but you do know you do need a little knowledge to do it. You know, you just can't uh, grab it out of the air. So, what's your background? When and why did you jump into like cold emailing and online marketing and stuff like that? Yeah, man. So. I started off, one of the first businesses I ran was an Instagram growth agency. And what I would do is I would use follow unfollow to get people followers on Instagram. That doesn't work anymore. You can't do that. But when it did work, I was doing it. And the way I would get clients was I would cold email them. And now I didn't know a lot. Like I was, I was like 20 years old, right? So I'm going off and I'm mass sending cold emails. So like garbage cold emails. And people are responding back. They're going, stop emailing me. I'm going to report you to the FTC. Don't ever email me again. And that feels really dirty. I'm like, ew, I don't like that. So what I started doing instead was just individually personalizing each email. And I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, this is going to take a lot of effort. Like, is this going to be worth it? And it turns out the incremental benefit in added conversions drastically outweighs the incremental effort it takes to do it. So I was like, okay, yeah, I'm just going to do that. So that business dies. Instagram algorithm changed, whole thing gets wiped out. So I'm like, okay, what do I do now? 
Well, I know how to cold email well, so let me just start sending cold emails for other people, offer it as a service. That goes on for like a year. And then I'm like, okay, I'm really, really good at this. I could probably sell a course on how to do this. I saw way too many people on Twitter using Hype Fury, making a ton of money on Gumroad. So I was like, I have to do it. I want to make that much money too. So I make this account, immediately start using Hype Fury on it because it's just an obvious choice. And just follow what everyone's doing on Twitter, engaging, giving value, giving value. And then now here we are and it's blowing up, bro. I went from zero to 7,200 followers in five months. <laughs> <laughs> nice, man. Nice. And so it's funny. So I asked a question or what was the, um, yeah, so I posted the Reddit ad. Yeah, I was like, you should get interviews with people who make money on Hyper. You have that data too, because like it says on Hyper, your Gumroad sell. You just reach out to them, like, yo, you want to come to an interview? And so you said, hey, well, you should exactly interview people, and uh, you know, let them show how they make money. And I'm wondering, of course, how do you make money? You know? Yeah, man. So what I do is it's a value extension. So I teach people how to get clients with cold email, and I sell a course on how to do it, like the whole system. What the course basically does is it shows the operations of my agency. So I have the cold email agency where I send cold emails for other people. And now what you might be thinking if like someone who like wants to start on Twitter is watching this video, they're saying, oh, I don't want to sell a course. I want to just sell my service. So many people who buy the course want to become clients. It's like they pay to figure out how to do it. And then they see oh, okay, I understand this system now. I see the results it can get. So let me go ahead and actually just pay you to do it. It's the typical value ascension. So if like someone ever says, hey, I want to sell a service on Twitter, my first thing I'm going to say to them is sell a course first. Because the people who buy the course are going to be the ones who want to become your client. That's just how it works. That's nice. It actually, well, people they have like a, a low barrier to entry. They pay, I don't know, 20, 30 bucks. And then they see, hey, this guy, I'm going to also ask him, do some more stuff for me. Exactly. Exactly. That's just how it's the value ascension. People got to understand. They got to feel comfortable with the idea first. Sell them the idea, your exact processes. They'll see the, the, the complexity behind it. And if they're of sufficient size, there's a category of people who want to pay to do it themselves or just pay somebody else to do it for them, right? So you're going to get that second category of people that come in and regularly ask you if you can do it for them. It happens all the time. It's like five times a week, I get someone asking me if I can send their cold emails for them. So and I guess a lot of people, they think, you know, I'm going to, hey, I'm here on Money Twitter and I'm going to make money. But you know, you, you do need a skill. And what would you say to people like that? You know, they're new to the game and, you know, they see everybody selling courses and doing stuff and they have like 22 followers and they also want to make money. What, what would you say to them? Yeah, man. So if you, if you know absolutely nothing, you have no idea where to start, you don't know what to sell and you don't know who to sell it to, what you need to do is find somebody and particularly on Money Twitter, it's a really great place to do it. Find out what someone's business is, what they're charging, who their target market is, how they get the client results, figure that stuff out. Buy their courses, like pay them for consulting, and then model after that. So if like there's someone selling, oh, here's how to do e-commerce email marketing, 
buy their course to learn how to do e-commerce email marketing, then go get clients for it and become really, really good at it to the point where you have an agency. And it's only after you become, like you've been doing it for a while, like you're like six months to 12 months in, like you're a pretty fair expert now that you should be selling a course. Like you, because what will happen is there's a lot of people who just like want to start their business selling a course. It doesn't work like that. You need to deliver it as a service first and actually be an expert. So if you know absolutely nothing, my advice to you is as follows. Pick a skill and only work on that one particular thing for an extremely long period of time. Build an agency around it and then make a course. Don't go straight to making courses because people aren't stupid on Twitter. They're going to know you're spitting garbage. Like they'll see it in the intricacies of what you say. They'll feel it. You need to be an expert. Interesting. And so you started five months ago. Why did you go back to Twitter? Right? Because you had your account. You started six years ago, an old account. And then why all of a sudden go back to Twitter? Yeah, man. So this is actually like a burner account I made when I was in like high school. And I just figured, oh, I just have this other Twitter account. Let me just start using that Twitter account. I was always on Money Twitter for like for like two years on my personal account. I was following everyone. I was buying other people's courses. So I already understood Money Twitter to a pretty high degree. Like the people I'm friends with now with Cold Email Wizard, I was already following before Cold Email Wizard existed. Like I already knew them, right? They're like my idols. So it was like, Two guys in particular, like uh, Lawrence King, Lawrence King, yo, on Twitter, and then CJ Johnson. I saw them posting these absolutely massive Gumroad screenshots, and I was like, I've got this skill. I've got this agency that does a really good job at it. I have to sell a course. And then it's, it's all from there. Nice. So, why did you why did you land on Money Twitter two years ago? What what happened? Who referred you, or how did you jump in? I think it was just like I have no idea how I got into it. Just like seeing people, because I would always follow business related stuff. Because I always liked that. I was always like entrepreneurial. So I'd find oh this guy does uh this guy focuses on drop shipping. This is in like two thousand seventeen or something like that. 16. This guy's drop shipping. Oh, that's cool. Let me follow him and like see what he's doing. Oh, this guy does build brands. Oh, let me go follow him. Or this guy makes automated Twitter accounts, Lawrence, and let me go follow him. This is really cool. And I bought all these courses. Like I've bought so many Gumroad courses. It's insane. I'm very loose with the trigger finger. I always have. Like I'll buy everything and I'll actually like consume it. So I just know like so much stuff. But you can't really do that like i would have made money a lot faster if i just from the get-go stuck with cold emailing right i did amazon fba i did the instagram agency i did drop shipping and then i did like facebook ads agency i was doing facebook ads for people and it wasn't until i just stuck with sending cold emails for other people which is a lead generation agency that things started to really piece together. You can only make a lot of money when you just do one thing. I'm sure you under like you guys have been working on Hype Fury for a long time. Yeah, well, not not even that long. So a little over a year now. So that's not even that long. But yeah, you know, it, it just it builds up slowly over time, man. People get to know you, people like you, and they think, hey, this this is exactly what I need. So yeah, we're we're trying to build a product 
for people like you, which uh, hopefully is working. Yeah. Yeah. And everyone recommends Hype Fury too. Like any, any person who's relatively serious about Twitter at all uses Hype Fury. Like nobody uses anything else. Like that's the one to use. I like the, the mobile app too. It's so easy. It's so intuitive and simple. And it's just the best thing ever. That's good to hear. That's good to hear. And still, we're not very happy with the iOS version. It's just, you know, it's a progressive web app and it doesn't really work that well on iOS. So we're building a native app and hopefully that's going to be even better. Yeah, but I guess, I don't know. Do you use Android or? Uh... I use iOS. Cool. And so let's dig in a little bit deeper into your uh, email marketing. How did you jump into that and how does that work? You know, cause what kind of uh, tools do you use? How, how does your day look when you're on a, you know, on a campaign for a client? Yeah. So say for instance, there's like a marketing agency. I'll just give you an example. Say they sell like e-commerce email marketing to e-commerce stores, right? So to sell their service, they need to get on the phone with the decision maker. So basically what I do, my job is to get them on the phone with a decision maker. So how do I do that? For e-commerce, as an example, I'm going to use this tool called BuiltWith. What BuiltWith does is it'll spit out every single store with Shopify installed, and then you can further filter that by another technology. So let's say Clavio. Clavio is an email marketing software. So I'll get all those domains. There's like 125,000 Shopify stores that use Clavio. Take all those domains, plug them into any mail finder tell it you want the founder or owner's email address and then it spits out all those emails for you like bam there you go and now what you do is you make another column on the google sheet personalize the line and you go into each person it'll give you the linkedin profile to go to each person's linkedin profile and read it like read the about section read their posts read their articles go to their website and compliment them on something and you just fill that in on the google sheet and now you got to send your cold emails. So I use a software called Mailshake. And what you do in Mailshake is it lets you put merge fields. So in the cold email, you go, hey, name, personalized line. And now the email is personalized and automated. So you can just send so many of them. You just got to make sure you get those personalized lines. And I hire freelancers to do that. That's what I like show people how to do in the course. Like what does the first line look like? Like how to hire a freelancer. Here's all the technology behind it. And like just everything like that. Right. So, and this goes back to what sells. So like I sell a system. Like my course is telling you like, Hey, I have this agency that sends cold emails for other people. Here is exactly how I do it. I'm giving them a system. It's not like broad, like you want to make sure the email is personalized. No, it's like how exactly do you, what is the workflow with which that is accomplished? So it's like if you're going to sell a course, you got to sell your secrets. Like you you have some secrets. If If you've got some service, you're an expert in something, I know you've got some secrets that you're just not telling anyone because you think they're going to steal it. Like if you don't give the secrets... They're going to just rate your, your course a one star. Like they're just, they're going to tell you it's a bad course. So you might as well just give the secrets, get a ton of five stars and people keep buying and buying and buying. And then you just keep getting more and more and more clients. There's like infinite business on earth. A lot of people operate under the impression as if like, oh, if I give my secrets away, it's going to dilute the market. It's not going to work anymore. Listen, the amount of money you will make before the market is diluted is an astronomically high sum. Like it's not going to happen. Like, don't worry about that. 
yeah, Chris Johnson and uh, our guys are living examples of, of that. The exactly. market is huge. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's great. That's great. And so, what are some of your you know biggest email secrets? So, use the right tools, yeah, like uh, build with, and there are a couple of tools like scraping tools and stuff like that, which will just automate stuff for you. You don't have to do all the manual work. I like the fact that you check out everybody's LinkedIn profile and make it make it really personalized instead of, you know, a generally personalized email. But yeah, so I like I like that. And so, so you said it will Mailshake. I don't know Mailshake, but is it like a Chrome extension which plugs into Gmail or is it something else? No, so it's like a, it's a web app where you just like connect your your Gmail on it, and then when it operates, it's emulating as if it's actually inside Gmail sending emails for you. It's not like a MailChimp or a ConvertKit or something like that, where it just sends a ton out. It'd be like, no, every 12 minutes, send an email. Or like every nine minutes, send an email. And then it would just send it for you like that. Yeah. And I think if you have like a G Suite account, you can send, I don't know, 2,000 emails a day. I, I don't know the numbers, but. Quite yeah, busy. you don't want to send that many though, because then your domain's just going to get burned. You're going to start going to spam. I like to take the sniper approach. So I really, like for my clients specifically, I only work with people who sell like a relatively high price service, like at least $3,000 per month. There's not a lot of people on earth who can afford that. So like you might be saying like, oh, send 2000 a day. I'm like, you're going to run out of leads in the first week. Like there's not even that many people who can afford that in the first place. So I only send emails to people who are qualified in the first place. Because like I have a client and it's like, they might say, oh, this one agency told me they'll get me 50 meetings. I'm like, okay, yeah, have fun with your 50 meetings where like four of them are qualified. Like I'm going to get you 10 and every single one of them will be individually picked by me. That's a totally different play. Yeah. Sniper approach, much better. Just more drastically more efficient, like in terms of back end and front end work, like less work on the front end and less sales calls to deal with. You just make more money per incremental effort. Yeah. And so how do you determine who to snipe or does your team as in the, the freelance you work with determine that? How, how do you go about that? Yeah. So say there's like, like for instance, with built with, if I'm going to pitch e-commerce stores, that's like most of my business is pitching e-commerce. Like everyone wants to work with e-commerce. So what I'll do is some guy says, uh, I only want brands doing $50,000 or more per month. Typically built with has this uh, column. It says monthly tech spend. It's how much money they spend on software estimated based on the applications they have installed on their website. So on Built With, I'll go, okay, only give me the domains of people who spend $1,000 per month or more on tech spend. Because if you're spending $1,000 on apps on your website, the probability that you make $50,000 per month revenue at least is pretty high. And that appears to be the case. Because when I send to those guys and I have a client, I ask them, okay, how many of those were qualified? And he goes, 95% of those people were at 50K or, or higher per month. I'm like, okay, cool. So you have less sales calls. Every single one of them qualified. It's less work for you. It's less work for me. Win-win. Everybody is happy. Cool. And so you talked about a little bit about the numbers on your on your Twitter timeline, you know, open rates and stuff like that. How do you play with those? When are you happy? When, you know, when do you decide to change stuff? Yeah, man, if you're sending cold emails, you really want to get 70% opens, 15% reply rates, and 4% meeting book rates. And now if you've ever sent cold emails before, you'd be like, what's 70%? That's crazy. It's, it's not crazy. 
when you are individually sending personalized code emails to each person. Like the subject line is personalized. The first, the preview text is obviously to that particular person only. People are going to open at 70%. Like I get that all the time. I get 80% opens. It happens. I get 15% meeting book rates sometimes just depending on how good the offer is. If someone's got a really, really good offer. Like I, got, I, I got this one guy. He does Instagram growth for uh, coaches and consultants. And he helped some consultant make like $405,000 in like two months or something like that. So I say that in the cold email. And the reply rates are just ridiculous. Like it's just so high because I'm only sending to specifically identified coaches and consultants. It's they have to bite. Straight line, yeah. And so in my mind, 70, 80% open rate is still high, you know? But I guess do you do you send as if you're working for the company that hires you or how do you approach that? So if I have a client, I'm sending from their name. So what I'll have them do is I'll have them go buy another domain, right? Put G Suite on it, warm it up with the software called LemWarm, right? And then I'll send it as if I'm them. And then when they get the replies, then I just tell them to send back their call scheduling link. Because a lot of the times the replies are just, hey, yeah, let's get on a call. Because my call to action is always, do you have time for a quick call this or next week? And that's it. Nice. And you sent LemWire? It's like it sends emails to trusted email addresses and then it gets open and replied to and then the domain is warmed up yeah lemlist is a cold email sending software but it also has this this feature called email warm-up and it's basically an engagement group between a bunch of people where you send emails back and forth to each other where you they open them to reply to it and if your email ever gets marked as spam it automatically unmarks it as spam from the other person's inbox so you just keep going back and forth with each other. And it appears as if your domain is is warmed up. Like it's active. And this shows the Google algorithm that yes, I am not a spammer. And you shouldn't be a spammer in the first place. Don't send cold emails if you're not personalizing them. Because one, it's not going to work. Two, it's a massive amount of effort compared to just spending a little bit of time writing those personalized logs. Yeah. Plus when your open rate drops, you know, I don't know the percentages, but you know, then you get into the promotion uh, box or, or you just don't be, you won't be shown anymore. You know, it's just, uh, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly what happens. That's interesting. So it's like a Twitter engagement group, but then for email, which I, you know, <laughs> for, cold, for cold email, if you do, they'll always be spammers. But if people, you know, email me with a genuine offer, then, you know, I open it and I reply and I guess, yeah. It's an interesting way of getting your sales pitch ready and your, your engines warm and uh, fired up. Cool. Yeah, 100%. It is. It's, it's really good for B2B, only if you personalize it. That's it. You got, you got to use a sniper approach. Don't do that wide cast net shotgun thing. That's, it's not good. Like specifically identify who you want to work with, and that's it. You don't want 35 sales calls in a week. Like You really don't. Cool. Run me a little bit through uh, how you write your emails. You know, what, what kind of technique do you use? Yeah. So it always goes, hey, name, personalized line. And then I'll, I'll, I'll like to make like a short little introduction. So my name is Daniel and I do this, right? So replace that with your name. What do you do? Just say that very simplistically. And what I like to do immediately after that is give them one sentence case study. So like just recently we helped brand get quantifiable result 
within specific time period, right? I'd love to see if we could do something similar for you. Do you have time to talk this or next week? That's the whole email. That's the whole thing. So easy, so short, so straight to the point. People appreciate that. They really do. Just go in your spam box, especially if like you've got your company on LinkedIn, if you've got like a bunch of employees. And if you're an e-commerce store, guarantee you're getting a bunch of these every single day. It's like paragraphs. It's like we do this and this and this and bro, chill. Chill. Like, tell me quite simplistically what you do and convey to me with the least amount of words the results you can achieve and proof that you have done it. So it's like a 15-second email. People read it. They think, hey, this is cool. I'm going to reply to this guy or F you. Let's move on to the next email. Yeah, I mean, you'll get some rude responses. You will. Like A lot of people are polite, though, because if you personalize the email, like you're showing respect. Like you can't be spamming these people. You're annoying. Like stop being annoying. You know what I mean? If you annoy people, they're going to annoy you and they're going to say rude things. So like if you get rejected on a personalized cold email, what it typically says is, hey, thanks for reaching out, but we're not interested at this time. That's what it'll say. It's not going to be like, don't ever email me again. I'm going to report you to the FTC. Like that doesn't happen if you're respecting the person's time. And so all the replies, they land in your client's Inbox or how does it work? Yep. So they manage the replies. Right when they get a reply, it's it's on them. Because the replies are typically, it's three things. So it's either, hey, we're not interested. It's, hey, yeah, let's get in a call. Or it's, hey, do you have a little bit more information? In which case, I just tell them, send a case study. PDF case study. Here you go, yeah, if you, we did this for this brand. Here's what we did. Or send them a video. A lot of people that like to do this thing, if they're sending cold emails, they'll send like personalized video audits. I recommend you don't do that and you instead do the personalized line thing. The reason why is because you're expending a tremendous amount of effort with only a 70% probability that they even open it in the first place. So if you make 100, 30 of them are not getting read. So I only recommend you send personalized videos if some if, if your replies fall into that category I just said, where they say, do you have more information? Then you make a personalized video. And how does your business model work? So they pay me up front. So what I'll tell them, I go $3,000 a month. I'll get you 10 calls at least. It's normally way above that. Because what I'll do is I'll be loading more people into their campaigns continuously until they hit 10. And then when it hits 10, I just stop loading more people in. But the follow-up still sent. So they still get like this overload. So like for instance, I have one client. I told him I'd get him 10. He ended up getting 35 because I just wrote a really good email. That's just what happens. Is that based like percentage-wise or you know what ticket item, uh, what ticket price they're, they're selling and then you decide, you know, this is a decent number or it's 3K, whoever it is, 10 clients or how does it work? So I always like, I, I always work with them. So I always want to make sure, I'm never going to charge less than $3,000 ever. And if it doesn't make sense financially for them, I just don't work with them, right? So like I always want them to get at least a four times return. I'm going to charge you 3K. I want you to get at least 12K back, right? So your pricing model has to actually make sense and your offer has to actually be good. Like you have to already have an established business that is capable of getting your clients results. And you have to already have client case studies that I can leverage 
to actually generate those sales appointments. So if somebody ever doesn't fall into those parameters, I just don't work with them in the first place. And this isn't just for me, right? So if like if you have your own service, you should make your own parameters like this as well. Because if you're working with all these clients who don't qualify, it's going to manipulate your mind to thinking that you're not very good at what you do when in fact you are. It's just that these people have bad businesses. So just don't work with them. And so let's say I bought your course. I know how to do cold emails. How would I get my first client? Would I also cold email or how, how would you approach that? If you had no, no agency, no nothing. So what I always tell people is if you're like an absolute beginner, first things first, pick a skill you will be selling. Like pick some kind of offer. Like you've done the thing where you found someone's business. You found out what they sell, right? Buy their course, watch YouTube videos on it, learn it. And then your number one thing here, and here's what I did, is I worked for free to get a case study. I worked for free for three months for this one guy. Three months to get results. At first, I, was so, I wasn't very good at it. And then I became good over time. So now I can actually confidently ask people for money to do it. Like this is an internal thing. You have to know you can do it to even have the audacity to ask for money in the first place. There was a period of time where I'd be like $3,000 per month for a service. That's a lot of money. I mean, not really because I'm going to get them at least a 4X return. Like that's the goal. And now I just intuitively know whether I can do it or not. Like someone comes to me with their business, they ask me, like I'm asking them questions about their business and I'll just know if I can do it or not. You need to get to that point where you can do that. And no one's going to give you 3K, 4K, 5K if you don't have any results. Like nobody's doing it. Like they're just not. I mean, you can work for like a low cost at first. Like, oh, maybe just give me 500 bucks to like finance freelance work. Like they might do that. But you need to get the case study. It's like there's two, there's like two halves of a business, right? It's like before you have the case study. And then after you have the case study, it is so stupid easy to get more clients when you have the case study. Like if you've never run a business where you have one offer, one niche, and like case studies to back it up, you'll have no idea what I mean when I say it's so easy to get clients. Like you really don't understand how simplistic it is and the conversion rates with it. So it's like, if you're sending cold emails, you get a 4% meeting book rate because you were saying the case study in the first place, you should realistically be closing like 30 to 50% of your calls because you know what you're talking about. It's like, you have to do that. You can't skip that. Like you need to get the case study. go work for free. That's the price you pay to get that compound growth on like the sixth month. That's just how it works. That's funny because people go to college three, four years and then a lot of people don't want to go through this. It's not a cool phase to go through, but you learn a lot. Okay, you don't make a lot of money those three to six months. But once you pass that, then you know you can just fly off and make a, make quite a decent living. Yeah, like to a very massive degree. It actually is so incredibly simple. The number one returning asset class ever is information. If you pick a skill and you spend a tremendous amount of time learning that skill, buying courses from somebody consulting with them, learning everything you can, and then go actually practicing on it with a client 
for free. It's like an internship. Imagine it's an internship and then you are acquiring the skills. Now you have this asset. You have this skill that people will pay you money for and you can just scale that. You can just hire the roles out, like productize your service. So let's say you have a service. There's step one, step two, step three. Hire out step one, hire out step two, hire out step three. Where are you now? What step are you now? I'm hiring a manager because I have three freelancers that work for me. So I need a manager to hire the employees because I want to completely step away from this and be able to just do the sales because I like sales. So I'll, I'll do the sales. I'm fine with that. I don't like operations though because like it's the same thing every time with cold. It's very straightforward. So it's like it's it's me doing like tedious work. It's as if I'm in an office job. Like just get this done. Get this. I don't like doing that. I like sporadic things. Sales. I like sales the best. So like that would be the last thing I'd hire out because I'm just very good at it. Nice. And so, how much time do you spend on on sales calls yourself? I probably do about at least five calls a week. And this is from Twitter. I haven't sent cold emails to generate my own leads in a very long time. Just because I have Twitter. And it's like, I haven't been taking clients for like three weeks. Because like, I'm new to this whole build a agency, build the team kind of thing. So I'm actually getting on a consulting call with somebody tomorrow who's going to give me some insight into actually hiring people and getting these processes laid out because like that's all completely new to me. So I need to figure that out, right? So that's my phase right now. It's like getting sales is absolutely no issue whatsoever. It's the actual operation and making sure the clients get results in a, in a simplistic system. Nice. Hey, what are your plans on Twitter? I'm just going to keep growing. I mean, dude, I've been growing 100 followers a day for the, like, for the past two weeks, like at least 100 followers a day. So, like, it's just going and going and going, bro. Like, it's going to keep getting me more clients. I'm going to keep building the agency. Like, I'm not just going to, like, that's a revenue opportunity. I'm not just going to hold that up. Like, no, I don't want to do that. Like, that'd be, that would be absolutely stupid. Like, I'm going to keep building that agency. And, like, realistically, I could probably get that agency to, like, 20 clients and sell it. Like, that's probably what I'll do, to be honest, because it's just the same thing every time. It's a productized service. If anyone's listening to this and wants to learn more about, like, making a simplistic business, you should read this book called Built to Sell. It tells the story of a marketing agency and he wants to sell the business. And basically, like the dude's talking to an advisor and the advisor instructs him, instructs him on how to productize his business. And that's what you really need to do. Like your business needs to be productized. One offer, one niche. Yeah, he couldn't sell the business because the business was like him. And, you know, yeah, he had to automate a bunch of stuff and, Productized a uh, bunch of stuff. Yeah, cool, cool. All right, man. Hey, uh, any any last words? I think that's it, man. Thanks so much for having me. Um, if anyone wants to make money on Twitter, you got to use Hotpuri. Cool, man. Hey, Daniel, where, where can people find you? On Twitter, Black Hat Wizard with two Ds. My name on there is Cold Email Wizard, but the at is Black Hat Wizard. Go follow me. That's a wrap on this week's episode. If you enjoyed the show, please leave an iTunes review and share this episode on Twitter so we can reach more people. Don't forget to subscribe because next week we talk to The Lawrence King. Lawrence will be sharing his secrets on how he built his Twitter empire. 